All the Rage with John Bowd on www.tracksfm.org. Hey, welcome. John's got a new. John's got a new laptop. John's got a new lap. There was a song. John's got a new motor. Lexi Sal. Never forget that. Oh, John got a new laptop. Yes, I have. It's shit. <laughs> um, and it's got Windows 11. I don't like Windows 11. And it keeps asking me to change it, and I don't want to change it. No, I don't want it. So I know what they're going to do. They're going to discontinue Windows 10. I know they're going to do it, because they did that with Windows 7. Although Windows 7 is available, kids. It just hasn't had any security updates. But if you download or use malware bytes in your browser, which is free, that will protect you. Anyway, don't be fooled by corporate corporatism. Um, yeah, um, a lot's happening um, this week. Myself and John have been busy. Uh, outgoing administration of our current employers and new administration coming in warm and cuddly. We've got a regulator that's gone renegade, leaking information uh, over the weekend and the government coming out saying, well, that's not true, even though that government put the chairman of Ofcom in, the ex-editor of the Daily Mail or Daily Telegraph, one of the two rags, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, it's all fun and games. We've got um, Keir Starmer saying what a shit show in uh, Prime Minister question time uh, and stating that everyone's cheering the Prime Minister but at the same time slanging him off, uh, the very same people. So it's disgusting, actually. I think politics is disgusting, isn't it? It's it's like a bad version of Coronation Street and a little bit like Emmerdale Farm, which I did not know is still going. Um, but they tried to make it glamorous looking like Dallas, which is weird. Certainly different from the days when I used to watch it, when Molly Sugden. Um, is it Molly Sugden? I, think it, I, don't, I can't remember. Anyway, we're talking about um, uh, digital uh, and digital means by the employer, particularly an interesting story on Amazon being ruled as unlawful tracking their employees. I've got some interesting legal information on that, but John's got the skinny. John. Right, let's, yeah, let's go into that one first. We'll be talking about Avanti taking public money later on, but, yeah, let's jump on in to Amazon fined for spying on their workers. The French regulator, the CNIL, has fined Amazon of 32 million euros, that's around about $35 million, for what the regulator calls an excessively intrusive surveillance system set up to monitor the performance of staff. Specifically, they referred to the tracking of inactive time, a system they judged illegal, worth paying attention to. Uh, It also judged that the system to measure the speed of items being scanned was excessive. So this is something we've been going on about for some time on this show. We've said that it's just, you know, indecent, if nothing else, and it's a thing that people are subjected to around the world, wherever it is that they work in in a, an Amazon sweatshop. They call them fulfillment centers. Uh, I don't see who's being fulfilled here. Clearly, the customer is not being fulfilled because you just keep endlessly buying more and more needless crap. And the employee certainly isn't being fulfilled because they're being treated like a machine. Uh, the Amazon notoriously burned through a workforce in about three months over in America and, and in other parts of the world. But that's the, the most well-known one. So, uh, yeah, we won't be having any of that. Uh, Amazon tried to respond, claiming uh, that they use these things, these intense monitoring systems for health and safety and the efficient running, et cetera, et cetera. How do we get by before we had such systems for measuring your toilet breaks? 
you, you got to wonder, haven't you? Um, how did we get by before you had something popping up and warning you that taking too long to walk from one end of the floor to the other? Yeah, just how how was health and safety? How is health and safety benefited by working your or grinding your workforce into the ground? Uh, I am very intrigued by that. Anyway, on this subject, there is issues in regards to GDPR, the EU, uh, and and Britain overall. Uh, now, you and me, Dave Raven, we had a quick text chat about this last night, and you had uh, the best information on this. So I'll hand over to you for this one. So, uh, what, so the thing we were discussing was. The uh, the position of this in the EU, Britain's position with this in regards where we've left, but where we've still retained the same rights and and uh, and abilities. Uh, but it, well, I can say to you, take it away. Tell, tell me, tell me what I need to know. Okay, yeah. you've gone for a cigarette, haven't you? Oh, there you are. Sorry, you're scaring the shit out of me. Good. I'm cutting yeah, down. So, yeah, tell us all about the uh, the GDPR, etc., all that sort of stuff. Okay, what's, what's so um, the, the um, GDPR was a European uh, ruling, um, and we did adopt it in UK domestic law, um, but it, uh, it's under review. Um, and it also is a potential or is... European Courts of Human Rights, which the Prime Minister is getting pressured by a certain section of his party to also get rid of. Um, uh, but it is only applicable in the UK if we deal with someone from the EU. So it doesn't exactly exist in the UK. However, I haven't seen many dismissals, uh, so I did check, check the statistics. But what it does do, John, it doesn't stop them looking at it and it doesn't stop them bullying working people. Um, and, and, and you mentioned, it's not just this, it's the whole AI thing, which you mentioned quite very well, and also the monitoring of people working from home. I think you've covered that. And yeah. I, I, I just think, so if we go back to the EU law um, and the pressure put on the Prime Minister to get rid of the European Court of Human Rights Acts that we have in our domestic law. Why would you? Why is a party, or any party, to be honest, want to get rid of it? Is it because? Well, we know what. We know what three budgets by, by seven chancellors of exchequers have done. In that they um, invite big businesses to come to the UK, encourage them to employ people on here and then with their wealth it would trickle down which we know is laughable um, what they've done is is they've allowed those companies to come here not just not to pay tax or minimal tax or tax breaks but also to worsen the working classes rights workers rights because it's good if you do that according to those three budgets it's good if you do that it encourages growth it encourages jobs it encourages cheap jobs John it encourages weak employment, weak job security. Um, and, and Amazon are just doing what the others do, John. We just hear about it because it's Amazon, but I'm pretty sure well, we know another 500-plus-year-old company is doing it in the workplace, John. We know that for a fact. Um, and this is what we voted for, John. This is what we voted for. 
uh, we want more power. We want power in the... What they meant was we want more power in the workplace. So we were conned. So all those years standing outside the Houses of Parliament with a flag or a, and a cockney cap, John, uh, was in vain, I think. Was in vain. John? Yeah. I mean... It is. It, it, this is so classic. You know, you and I, we don't we don't take that kind of typical smug view on on Brexit. I don't want to go over and over Brexit. You know, we don't do that typical, you know, smarmy liberal, you know, uh, Guardian reader with a, a Ukrainian flag and his avi, uh, but no sign of a fucking Palestinian one. Um, I mean, I I take well, mate. Who knows? Whatever position I take, somebody will, will find something wrong with it if they bother to listen. If you find any problems with any of the positions I take, feel free to write to us and tell us about it. Just as long as you listen to the show, that's all I care about. Just keep listening. But, listening well, I to me heard, go on like uh, this I, all I don't, the time. I don't mind the argument. Sorry, I know you're making a point. I don't no, mind the in, argument mate. throughout this whole six year, five year, six year, seven year thing. I don't mind. I really like informed debate. I'm all for it. Let's go for it. But I didn't find yeah, the right. informed decisions. I didn't see it then, and I certainly don't see it now, John. No, I agree, and I'm just, I mean I'm coming to that. It's exactly the the same point, which is the, this: the issue here is about, as I say, working people's rights. Uh, what we get out of our like, literally, what we get out of our lives, what we have control over, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, yes, there was a, a large referendum based around voting for your right to this, that, the other. And, uh, you know, what did it what did it amount to? Well, here's a good example. You know, this is what this was really about. This is why I was never in favour of voting leave, because it was about it was firstly, it was an argument between the bosses. OK, it was an argument between two sides of the Conservative Party, uh, a party that I'm sure there's, there's similar types in Labour and Lib Dems too, but a party that is full of worker-hating, uh, you know, neoliberal, teat-sucking landlords who were more than happy to grind us down and, and feed our bones to the pigs. So, and I have no respect for you either. And here we are in this situation where, once again, like you say, there's there's this great ruling, this great ruling that comes from France, you know, a country which is is not perfect and has many a problem, but its working class certainly has a better sense of who they are and what their powers are, as we know, when we see them out in the streets every time it's been mentioned that they might, you know, ban the uh, cigarette breaks for five minutes in the morning, you know, and by lunchtime Paris is burning. It's a minimum of two million people on a march at any given time. So, yeah. It's what what was it's so I still feel like I know that somebody could be tuning into this for the first time, but we've discussed this so often, Dave. I feel like I mean, what more is there to say? Well, I, I think it's is, I, it, is this what is this what you folks had in mind? This is what, when you voted Tory uh, against Corbyn, the only decent you know socialist leader this country has ever had, who's actually going to put the Labour Party in the position it should be. When you voted for that, when you voted for for Bozo the Clown, uh, and now we've had two prime ministers since then, which you had no choice in voting for. Is it if this is what you want? If you're happy with this, I'll I'll just I won't talk to you anymore. It's fine. I'll leave you alone. I just want to know: is this what makes you proud to be British? Sorry, Dave. Go yeah, on. I mean, I, I, look, I thought sure the argument would be well, we were uh, certain things fell over. It was the EU that blocked it, um, and I'm sure those are informed de- uh, debates. Um, but I don't think I am hearing anything informed. I I, I don't. I, I just since I didn't then. 
and I don't now. And um, John's advocately said, yes, we need some changes in the, in the EU. We've never denied that. No one from the, the Remain denied that. Um, and it did need some change. Uh, we weren't happy with the democracy. But to, to tout we need more power, which was a, a narrative from the right-wing media who run a lot of businesses here on bad terms and conditions. And what they meant was they got the normal working people to, to destroy workers' rights. They got working by saying, we want more power. What they did is, by yeah. telling people to say that, it wasn't, we want more power in the workplace. What they were saying was, get rid of the um, European rules on health and safety in the workplace. Get rid of European rules on the right to strike, which was the human right. That's our right, okay? Um, and it wasn't this bunch of guys come up with this stuff. People around in the EU, including the UK, took their cases to the European Court for justice. Yeah? Don't get me wrong, the bureaucracy might have shaped it, but it initially started with organisations like unions taking uh, things like the right to have overtime, the right to have overtime whilst on annual leave, the right for holiday pay. When they couldn't seek justice in the tribunals, they took it to the European High Court. That's stopped now, John. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. the power well, we I mean, wanted, yeah. John. And we're, not getting, power, we're not getting power in the tribunals because that's two years plus backlogged. Where are we getting justice for working people? When you can have an in, an, a public inquiry on P&O and Royal Mail and, and then the two employers, the big employers, say, look, what we did was wrong. See you later. Because it's not a judicial mm. inquiry. So this is what you wanted. Now, and secondly, yeah. I want one of those cockney caps that were wearing when they were waving their flags outside. <laughs> you want one, John? I'll give no. you one. So much, so much to say. I mean, yeah, firstly, like you say, tribunals, which are only work because the trade unions and the trade unionists in particular who bring them, who fight them, who do, who go through the, the amount of effort you go through. I mean, listen, Pat, like, not to reveal too much about our lives, we're always late on the air most weeks. That's because Dave's up to his neck in trade union work every every day. Okay, that's why. And that's not even with me phoning him every day anymore because I'm trying not to do that, trying to slowly wean myself off of that. You know, so, yeah, I mean, he's, he's up to his neck doing all of this work. So, hey, you're welcome, you know, for the people who are actually changing this country's laws for the better, for the sake of working people. You're very welcome. Thanks for the absolute shit show, the absolute uh, dumpster fire that you handed to folks like him and me. Uh, we really appreciate it. But... Uh, I don't know, I'm getting, I'm getting a bit lost now in kind of... I keep saying I wasn't kind of like going to be one of those annoying, miserable people that's fighting the same fight over and over again, but I kind of am this week, aren't I? Uh, I'm, I, trying, I, to, I'm, I, trying, to, I'm remember, trying to turn it around a bit. I, remember, I actually want to have a scream at Ofcom, but we'll, go back, we'll come back to that in a minute. Well, I, I, I remember a great line in Godzilla 2014, Brian Cranston, great actor, Breaking Bad. Uh, it was a line he used in the film, and he, he said, you will take us back to the Stone Age. And I yeah. think it's so apt, because the country's broken, John. You know it. Well, you do know it because we, we talk about it um, and we publicise what, what we, 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 we broadcast what we're talking about. And it is broken. Every show that we go on, it's something else. And it is well, a we'll shit show, John. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to talk about the trains in a minute. So absolutely, we will come to that. But yeah, there's, there's that aspect of it. And then there's the... So firstly, okay, let's just put my little boot in for, for Ofcom for whatever it's worth here. Firstly, Ofcom, you're a regulator, okay? It's not for you 
to write reports saying, I think the Royal Mail should do this, which just so happens to agree with, with their managerial position. You are not doing your job as a regulator. They break the rules and you sit on your hands for God knows how long. You know, you're pretending you don't see them, pretending things didn't come from the highest level, pretending they're not telling their workers to privatise certain types of parcel streams over everyone else's letters and then going, oh, look, the letters doesn't, doesn't work as well anymore. You know, you, you let the company slice back to the absolute basics. The only money they they didn't make any money. They saved money, and all of that they handed over to their shareholders, which is the other reason why I'm not actually in favour of giving that that company any money. Uh, and I talk about you know uh, public bailouts, which it will get, of course, because these things always do. But you're literally saying, okay, here's a whole load of taxpayers' money we'll hand over to this company so that they can give it to their shareholders to keep them happy. Fuck your shareholders. If you got involved in something like this, right, if you bought shares in something, as you're always reminding socialist scum like me, this is a free market. This is Life is about taking risks. This is about uh, putting your, your money where your mouth is and, and being and who dares wins and all these other Del Boy aphorisms, right? And you come up with that. Okay, so if you invested in a company that doesn't do as well as you thought it was, tough. Bad luck. Don't bet on a horse that comes in last, you dumb fuck. So this is why you're, you're in this position. Don't whine to me, you absolute cretin, about, oh, now I need a, a government bailout. I need a government bailout because, because we didn't, uh, our, our shares didn't do what we wanted them to. You know, And that's even before you get into kind of very weird agencies within government, like the Export Credit Agency. That's another whole, whole uh, uh, strange state of affairs where private business deals are given you know a, a government backing in case they go under oh don't worry we'll we'll give you the money if this doesn't work out what what is what the hell is this which private companies out there are just allow themselves to get which small companies which small businesses by the way who are really not in favor of cutting postal services and i can see why too how how many of them are in favor of uh of of doing this and how many of them are able to to come up to the government and go can i have a handout of public money when i make really bad managerial decisions and my business looks like it's going to go under hey give it a try folks see how we like someone who works on zero hours contract trying to get a mortgage yeah good luck with your bank manager mate um i have my head in my hands i wanted to say something else about flags too but dave did you want to respond to any of that no it's exactly what we said about the horizon thing discussed last week john in, the, in that, we had an organisation like Rommel that decided to privately prosecute those people, and it decided, yeah. like Ofcom, to become the state that makes your decision for you. And, it, and Ofcom yes. leaked a report that spoke about how the public want, which is crap, because you haven't consulted the people that work there. John is absolutely right. Stop hiding the fact that 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 y- you you're going to ask for public funds for raw mill, right? Uh, on the basis of because it it stole money itself, it regulates itself. You're absolutely right, John. Indeed. Um, just before we go into talk about that, I promise you we're going to talk about trains. Just before we go into to uh, to the actual. Oh, two, okay, two updates. Firstly, I've got the earphones working, so I can hear you properly now, Dave. It's actually on Zoom. Zoom was cancelled out my earphones, so they're all right on my system. Secondly, I think I've switched my microphone over too because I wasn't happy with my sound last week, and I think it was coming off of the 
the actual I'm, I'm glad you're here to catch up on this listeners i think it was coming out on the actual system microphone which actually wasn't as bad as i expected it to be it just still made me sound like i was in a room covered yes i'm glad okay i'm glad i just didn't like it at my end i didn't like the sound of it so anyway we're back we're back on here hopefully i'm sounding better now i can hear dave through my earphones it's still a little bit tinny at my end but so far my review of uh windows 11 is it sucks balls Okay, so the other thing I wanted to say was, oh yeah, because you mentioned you mentioned waving flags. Oh, okay. Now I think you know where I'm going here. So there was a little demonstration this week. It's a little demonstration with uh, Lisa Nandy front and centre at it. Lisa, we will break him as a man, Nandy. Uh, come and try and break me as a man sometime if you like, little girl. Anyway, uh, she was at the front and centre of it. There's just these, oh, these just callous psychopathic management consultants that run the labor party and this was of course apparently this was a demonstration against uh anti-semitism demonstration against anti-semitism in britain now everybody knows anti-semitism is a terrible thing as and when you actually see it and actually experience it uh not going to to to, to blow my trumpet on this but you know i'm an active anti-fascist so you can work out the rest all right have i have i ever been in in you know altercations with anti-Semites. Yes, I have a hell of a lot more than any of you have. Okay. So I'm not, but I'm not going to go there. I'm not, you know, I'm not blowing myself on there tonight. I'm, I'm too busy trying to work out the sound quality on my fucking earphones. Um, but, uh, but this anti, so there's a couple of things about this anti-Semitism demonstration in Manchester. Firstly, there are uh, a number of smaller Jewish groups, um, mostly made up of younger folks who had their signs and their signs were yes no to anti-semitism but also ceasefire now they were told by the blocks right i believe it was in manchester it's the equivalent of like the board of deputies in manchester another group of absolute cowards and extremists um and another group basically they were told no you can't march with us because we don't like your your banners your banners are calling for ceasefire okay so that's that's a lot of what this is really about and you want to know more of what this was about? Well, you can tell what it was about from the flags because there was a shit ton of flags there. What they had, the flags there, were Israeli flags. Now, again, I know Israel is the, is the Jewish state, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, this was supposed to be about anti-Semitism. It was supposed to be about Britain. So why are you waving an Israeli flag? And the other thing they had, actually outnumbering the Israeli flags, were Union Jacks. So... For many people of a certain... Well, okay, let me put it to you this way. If any of you young folks come up here and go, Uncle John, Uncle Dave, what did a National Front March used to look like back in the 70s? Exactly like that. Go and look at the photos. Union Jacks, as far as you could see. Not quite sure what uh, the Union Jack has got to do with combating anti-Semitism. But there you are, uh, as far and wide as you like. Something that was supported, a demonstration that was supported by such lovely people as as Tommy Milkshake Catcher and uh, just just truly appalling uh, state of affairs, just uh, and disgusting. And you know, you just you just got to ask yourself some some uh, some questions about who your friends are in that kind of situation. Anyway, enough of that. Sorry, did did you want to say anything like Dave, or should I actually start talking about trains? No, um, as I said, um, why I can't comment on anti-Semitism marches is because John does march for everything that he feels is worthy of and he sees things on the ground. And I've said this time and time again, if I, if, if I as a branch secretary want to know what's happening in on these, I wouldn't say, 
wouldn't say minority marches, but I would say marches for minorities, uh, whatever it is, gender, race. Uh, John does see these things every, pretty much every other weekend or weekend uh, and, and books things to go and doesn't get the ticket and then forgets he got the ticket. John, next one, trains? Yes, yes. Basically what David's saying is if there's any kind of minor esoteric fringe bollocks that might vaguely have something to do with our workers' trade unions, he calls me up because I know all about it. And I'm probably there at the time. Um, shout out, yes, shout out to this coming weekend's uh, Latin America conference in London, which I did not get a ticket to and it's sold out. Not Okay. Um, yes. So shout out to the great Polly Smythe at Novara Media for the investigation into the following story, which I will be quoting from her brilliant article quite liberally. Avanti taking public money. Avanti West Coast is one of the worst train operators in the country. Their services are notorious for disruption, delays, short notice cancellations and overcrowding. You would think that the UK government would not be keen to provide them with contracts then, especially those taxpayers, uh, those are using taxpayers' money, of course. But no, in fact, they get a tremendous amount of contracts for their lousy service and they know it. The article that Polly Smythe wrote featured a set of slides from a management presentation, which included a bold, in bold words, free money when referring to government support or handouts to companies running the trains, no matter how badly they were running them. The slides presented to an all managers meeting on the 12th of January show senior management at the operator calling taxpayers money too good to be true. The slides mockingly describe how Avanti West Coast is given performance-based bonuses by the Treasury for achieving a less than perfect service. We're talking six, seven, eight, nine out of 10, not even 10 out of 10. Uh, they openly admit that is that they are not providing the services that they need to, but they are still taking the money. Whereas previously, this is from the article, whereas previously train operating companies were fined for their failure to comply with standards, they will now be rewarded for meeting their targets. In return, the Treasury will support the company to deliver new assets, customer service improvement projects and initiatives, as well as to find maintenance and third-party supplier contracts. Okay, so again, in other words, the government is using public money to help a private company uh, actually do their job properly, actually do the thing they're supposed to do. I'm not quite sure at what point they they uh, spend their money, but maybe we'll talk about that when I've finished uh, going through the details of this. Yes, just 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 renationalise it. Just fucking renationalise it. Anyway. The slides tell how Avanti gets performance-rated bonuses for a service that the Treasury has already paid it to provide. That's the better words in the, in the words of the article is what I was just saying. Uh, the brazen details of the slides are worth paying attention to. The presentation is overt in detailing with glee that 100% compliance is not required. As I said a minute ago, the 7, 8, 9 out of 10, you know, perfectly fine. Um, and they asked for... for across different areas of our customer experience portfolio. You know, we can get away with that. That's what it says. It all sounds too good to be true, says one slide, but it's not. Avanti West Coast get money for underachievement. They know this very well, and they're laughing at us for doing it. What is also really quite outstanding is how juvenile these slides are. We all know that the PMC are overgrown babies who have fake jobs, but this really stands out with how juvenile and disrespectful they are. Remember these are uh, that these are the management class, the best that society has to offer, sneering at the plebs like us while they fuck us about on a daily basis and snigger like 12-year-olds about how funny it all is. Good to know that they're 
uh, they're the people who are buying shares where I work and demanding that I be timed for the amount of time I take to go to the toilet. So I don't know if they call themselves AWC. I've put it in my notes, but I'm just going to call them that now. Or just total arse wank. Yeah. Anyway, dramatically reduced their timetable in 2022, citing staff shortages as a reason for widespread disruption. However, unions rejected this claim, instead arguing that Avanti has long been operating by expecting staff to work on their rest days and relying on this. So when staff changed their minds about working their days off, the whole thing stopped working. That tune sounds quite familiar. I'll just leave that there. Avanti West Coast is a joint venture between the UK-based First Group and the Italian train operator Trenitalia. There you go, Trenitalia. And it's worth delving into how much they get from public funds in regard to the privatisation debate that we always have. Uh, As I said earlier, when do they spend their own money? And what are the consequences for failure? Well, nothing negative, it seems, under the present system. In September 2023, the Department of Transport awarded Avanti West Coast a nine-year contract on the West Coast mainline, with Transport Secretary Mark Harper claiming the operator was back on track. Is what we see here just straight-up corruption? I mean, that's my next question. Two months after the renewed contract, Transport for the North asked Transport Secretary Mark Harper to conduct a review into Avanti's operation after the operator reduced the number of services offered to passengers over the Christmas period. In October 2022, uh, uh, the Department for Transport handed Avanti West Coast a bonus payout of £4.1 million, despite the operator being then Britain's worst train operator for punctuality, with only 60.1% of stops by Avanti trains arriving and departing within one minute of their scheduled time. That is also a direct point from uh, Miss Smythe's article. Avanti also tried to fob you off for refunds. Now, uh, friends, family members of mine have experience of this. Uh, they tried to deny their requirement uh, for paying you back when they've, you know, when the train has been subjected to a great delay, or they try to only pay back half of it. Uh, so you have to go through the full complaints process uh, in order to actually get, you know, what they owe you, what they've pledged, and and. Um, yeah, exactly what they've pledged to give you uh, if you're delayed more than, I think it's something like 15 minutes. If your train delay goes on more than 50 minutes, you get a refund, partial refund, full refund, depending on how long it goes. Uh, Avanti West Coast are really an anti-customer service company all the way through. So before we move on, shall we go on? Uh, go out here with a, a Mick Lynch quote? Well, why not? It was good enough for the Navarro article, so it's going to be good enough for this tin pot yet very passionate radio show that we conduct here. Mick Lynch called them out for being one of the worst rail companies in the country. Quote, the government has the mandate over Avanti and should never have given them a long-term nine-year contract award. The fact that the company feels emboldened to boast that they get free money is down to the ridiculous system of rail ownership in this country. Ultimately, profit-driven companies who receive huge public subsidies have failed to deliver for railway workers and passengers alike. And that's why we need public ownership of the entire network. End of quote. Thank you very much, Mr. Lynch. Obviously, you're welcome on the show anytime. So the wider issue here is one of the complete failure of any kind of regulation, because the government has no interest in holding these companies to account. This is their ideology. They don't like to interfere with private business. They let private finance rip all through our public services, and they don't worry about who is really paying the bills because we have no power to stop it, except, of course, we do. 
This will only change when we really see those responsible for wasting public funds and failing actually pay for their actions. This is another thing we must demand from our political leaders, who have shown from horizon to our trained management that they have no respect for us. So they allow their friends and political allies to squander public money and run our services into the ground. Take their power away from them. Massive fines, public scrutiny, prison time for those found guilty of fraud and for attacking their own workforce. Please once again see Horizon and the post office on this one. The revelations just keep racking up, don't they? Uh, thanks to Channel 4 News for continuing to, to go at that particular uh, bone, as only that dog uh, does very well as far as mainstream news is concerned so dave what do you think i mean just firstly i think it's pretty inarguable this company is thoroughly corrupt uh, I th- i'm very confident on that one um what do you think of it what should be done what do you think of my diagnosis of the whole thing what should, where well, should we go now well i will say um that and see i was alive um when all these things that were privatized and i'm not a socialist to, uh, not i was gonna say not i'm far from it but it's not true um I was alive when these promises were made about these uh, services would improve. Things would improve with privatisation. They would be under more scrutiny. The public would get better value for money. And I will say it was a classic case of kicking the can down the road. And when when I say that, folks, is passing the debt on and the problem, not necessarily to the general public, because we're always suckers anyway. I don't mean that disrespectfully, but we are. Uh, but it also means kicking the can down the road to um, upcoming governments. Um, and this is what's left. This is what's left. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. The whole ideal idea of things like travel, um, you know, it doesn't work. We got to get people to work. You got—that's how the economy keeps going, you know. And um, mm. and I'll say this. Um, so, for example, the closing down of the steel and coal mines up north and cutting off that part of the country because the wealth is in London. And what normally happens when people travel to go to work, they're following the money. So HS2 was meant to bridge that gap. And that's been closed down. And I'm not talking about something cutting off part of the country yesterday. This happened since the early 80s. It literally cut half the country off and made most of the country, that side of the world, poor. In fact, it's probably into its fourth generation where it's born into poverty. And these people want to come to work. They want to follow the money, which is in London. And that's been taken out from them. Um, So it doesn't work. I think the public would fund, happily fund, a train system that is reliable and safe. Remember, I spoke about terms of reference, John. Um, yeah. Um, uh, Unionised. Uh, I know you may not like that word, people, because you read those sort of newspapers. But, listen, um, most of the things you enjoy are you are from a union. It's not thing with two heads on. Um and it does work. And I think that the previous 80s decisions, it's safe to say, and I'll say it again, it doesn't work. John? Yeah. Um, all of that. I mean, yeah. 
look, as you said, I mean, that, that's the, the, the fundamental point here. And we've been through this, not just us, obviously, much you know, full-time news agencies bring you stories like this all of the time. We bring them to you whenever we have the, the ability to do so. This country is utterly snapped in half. And, and one thing you could do right now, one thing that actually is really, really popular, uh, interestingly, quite far across the political spectrum. So there's there's plenty of conservative voters who think privatization went too far and it's served its time or its course, whatever it is they wanted to achieve with it, and now it's time to renationalize. So you're not going to lose votes on the basis of something like this. And I, it's just it takes someone with some level of guts, which is not Rishi Sunak, and it sure as hell ain't Keir Starmer, to actually come forward and just say, yeah, let's just renationalize. Do you, do you want to I just I'd just be interested for the folks out there, right? Take your head out of the Westminster bubble. Take your head out of the place where all of the uh, the media outlets, uh, you know, they send somebody to interview you who's the same person that you used to molest in school. Take take your head out of that world for a minute or two. Public school, I should say. And, and just realize that actually out there in the real world, a decent fully functioning transport system which doesn't siphon off any of its profits the profits go back into its running and to pay a decent wage to the people who work there it doesn't go off to some private company or it goes off to shareholders you know people who have decided to roll out of bed this morning and play with their computer and buy shares in something so now while the rest of us are working our fingers to the bone working the best of our uh, the years away working our life away just so they can make a little bit of profit doing fuck all um People like public services that work, that function, that do exactly the thing they're supposed to do, which is just just to provide that service. It's so beautifully simplistic. I really can't understand why people don't like it more. But yes, it's 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 right. There. It's, it's a very open goal. I, I can't open believe renationalisation is not really de- a debate anymore. It's an open goal. Sorry, Dave. Go on. It's just, I just looked at the trick ticket price. I was looking for tickets to go to Manchester. And I couldn't yeah. believe the price of the tickets. I mean, how a normal people minute would afford that, John? Exactly. You know, this this exactly. part of the world, this part of the UK that has been born, as I said, its fourth generation is born into uh, social security, which is a terrible shame. Bear in mind that their great-grandfathers were able to get to work and, and go to a place of work. And all because of a personality conflict, they've cut that half of the country off from everything. Um, and I just looked at the prices and I just thought, that's how a normal people meant to afford that, you know. John. Exactly. I mean, just, yeah, defend that to me. The people who kind of defend this system as it is, you know, fine, defend that to me. Defend the idea of why it can cost me over £100 to go from London to Manchester. Just explain that to me. Because there's, there comes a point when you're not just talking about differences of opinion, you're talking about something which is just wholly undefendable. Indef- indefensible is the word I should use. And, and can I just and, add, uh, add, John, that if trickle, uh, bearing in mind that these companies make a huge amount of pro- profit, which is what the dispute was about, if trickle-down economics works, so that's what you keep telling us, why are those people striking for money? Not because they're greedy. They're just trying to live. So your trickle-down economics surely should be working there. They should not be striking. They should be have a, a good wage. But it's not happened, has it? So where is that money gone, John? John? Yeah, exactly. Where is it? Who's, whose pocket is it in? Let's be honest. 
Now, the only thing that trickles down in this system is is a line of piss, frankly. Uh, nothing else does. Who, who's got it? Who's well, who's as, taking as, hold as, of it? As your Daily Mail reader says, if they, if those drivers and those staff are given a pay rise, the first thing that the media are going to concentrate on is those people who's going to say, who's going to pay for that? Yet yeah, those very people yeah. have just walked away with millions and millions and it's left the country. If you're being really British and patriotic, do you think that money's staying in this country? Don't give me who's going to pay for that. Yeah. I was saying this to somebody earlier on, you know, you, you wave your flag and talk about the great thing about being British. Then you, you know, advocate for removing the country from the European Union, not because you actually have a problem with its lack of democracy or the fact that it's a neoliberal institution like all the others, but the fact that it actually allows workers to have more, uh, well, better, I won't say more time off because we don't, but better rights and protections from health and safety to to pay and, and to organising for the right to organise. And, you, you know, you then go and stash all of your money somewhere in a, an offshore account or turn turn your company into a, something that doesn't actually isn't actually registered in this country so you can get out of paying taxes. Then you wave the flag and tell us all how proud you are to be British and how we should all feel ashamed if we're not. Uh, that I'm I'm a self-hating, you know, middle-aged white British man for for not not being a patriot. Amazing stuff. Uh really just just be not it's not even amazing they do it. It's amazing that anybody falls for it. That's that's the thing that bugs me the most. Don't fall for this. You all of you are better than this. Okay? Don't let these people talk down to you and talk to you like you're scum and talk to you like you're an idiot. Okay, you're only as stupid as you allow them to let you feel. And I mean that. There's many different there's many different types of intelligence in the world. You know, speaking as somebody who who crashed into a brick wall during my school days and a few times since, uh, those kind of measurements for intelligence are are not really worthy of of all of us. But unfortunately, it just feels like this is in this country we're just we're not allowed to have anything nice, are we? We can't have a decent high-speed railway. We can't have you know public ownership of, of such things. Uh, we can't have social housing that people can live in and, and be warm and and uh, and safe at night and get up and go and do whatever job they, they need to do the next day, if that's that's the case. You can't maintain an industry. What is, what is the, the main focus? Oh, actually, I don't know if we ever have had this discussion, Dave. What is the main focus of the British economy right now? What does it do? What does it specialise in? I understand 20-odd years ago, it was they talked about the service industry, but I don't, I'm not even sure what that is anymore. Um, it just appears to be sort of, or bailing out banks uh, and 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 bailing out the very same banks who are going to sit in the actual city of London and and laundry laund- launder excuse me uh, shit tons of money from different parts of the world also removed from uh, the working class in, in nefarious ways. Yeah, what, what I don't understand what we even do anymore, except just to kind of create an island of total and complete misery, where we're told the only differences you can have is who's which team is managing you at the time? You can either have the extremely far-right conservative or the moderately right-wing conservative. Uh, well, those are your two choices. Uh, you're, you're, like. you're so <laughs> right, John. And now, uh, just to reiterate, um, so I'll say it again, we have had the last three budgets, over seven chancellors. And don't forget we had to beg, steal and borrow for them to address the fuel, or the fuel rise um, and a cap. Um, 
but it wasn't first on their agenda and it was Martin Lewis I think on TV who, who created the campaign campaigns are good I like campaigns um, and got got the public engaged a little bit like the media thing we discussed last week John on the, the post office about the media and he, he he clued everything onto the government and why they weren't doing anything about it but they were doing everything about the banks and tax tax cuts for the big businesses coming in and he felt the first point of the budget so those three budgets should have been about the tax bear in mind that they released they um this all started with taking the price cap off the um, the companies that don't, don't even exist here they don't even here they're not even based here you know the money they're making yeah. is extortionate anyway so yeah this the budgets well, who it's good for if we really want something, we have to get someone on TV to do a drama or we'll go on Good Morning TV yeah. and talk about it. It's a little bit like what you spoke about last week. And it's terrible because we've been conned into something over the last five, six years to go, look over there, look what's happening. Look look, look at that. We want more power. Look, keep saying it. You, you look over there. This is what we're going to do over here. And that's exactly yeah. what happened, John. You're so pure, right. Pure dead cat politics. Um yeah, just throwing in sort of complete talentless charlatans like Lee Anderson for us to get kind of wound up about. Um, but I mean, that's, this is someone else, right? I don't know if you caught this, but the uh, just in passing, he said this thing the other week about how he was not going to vote because he didn't think the anti-refugee bill was was heavy enough, and uh, then he was, he was going to abstain or whatever. And then he decided um, that he was he was going to. Do it because he was walking through the lobby and he said Labour MPs were laughing at him. Uh, you thin, your skin is the only thing that's thin about you, you whinging little bitch. Are you the people? It's only we have people in power who can get wound up like like a bunch of school. He, so he's a victim. The, the other side laughing. At him. John, he's yeah, of course he's a victim. But oh, he's always a victim. Oh, he what is he? Um, what is he? That Scottish woman on that good woman? You know, listen, listen. <laughs> These people that I'm seeing as politicians, right, um, certainly the Conservative Party, and I'm not saying this or that, I'm just saying, you could not, I don't even read what you say, because your calibre cannot be compared to saying, I don't agree with the politicians I'm going to name at all, I've never agreed with their politics, but they always had the polite debate. You can't walk the same stage as Heseltine. You can't walk mm. the same stage as Major. Uh and uh, Kenneth Clark. I don't agree with their politics, I never have. But they had the debate, and they were statesmen. These people pretending to be politics, that idiot pretending to be a victim. Uh, what is he, delicate now, John? What is he? What is he? Uh, no I doubt he about is. it, he'll be creating a call-in show on marital problems and things like that in the future. Jesus Christ, John. Yes, I think he's he's just yeah. You, you have to you have to be careful. He's a bit like he's a bit like Stephen Fry. He's one of these people who doesn't mind offending shit tons of other people who are a lot more vulnerable than he is, so not poorer than he is. But if you basically point this out to him, he'll flounce off Twitter and threaten to kill himself. Uh, just yeah, the white man is the white man is always the victim. Anyway, do we have should we have time just for me to do one last story in this week's I hating Britain hour? Yeah, hating uh, Britain hour. Just it, before you go, uh, that gentleman <laughs> you just mentioned. He, he's a bouncer at best, and that's no disrespect. I know some good bouncers, 
but you were a pub doorman best. John, hate Britain now. I yeah. hate, hate Britain moment. Go on, John. Yes, let's, let's piss on the final ashes of this country. Um, no, this is this is interesting, actually. I, so while we're searching the, the previous story about Avanti West Coast ripping us all off, I came across another article by Miss Polly Smythe at Navarra Media, and I thought this was a story I found very interesting. I always try and put my own spin on these things so it doesn't look like I'm just finding stories other people have written and not doing my own work. Uh, those shows are coming, by the way. I just I just need a lot. I, I just, God, I just have no free time at the moment. Anyway, uh, another story, yes, from Miss Smythe, showing more surrender of our freedoms to a private company that the free speech warriors kept quiet about, but fortunately those subjected to their, uh, subjected to their draconian treatment were not willing to back down. So the basics of this story is... A private security firm called Bidvest Noonan uh, have been hired by UCL, the the, the college, uh, and made up their own anti-protest law that is apparently not even agreed with the management of UCL, although they claimed that it was. The university are involved in dispute with the IWGB union over, ironically, the outsourcing of their security guards to Bidvest Noonan. The protest is about the fact that last June, Bidvest Noonan announced plans for forty uh, to fire sorry, 40 security guards at UCL with uh, the roughly 220 remaining guards having to reapply for their jobs with reduced conditions in their contracts. Fucking hell, that tune sounds familiar. How, how many times do I have to keep hearing it? It's worse than ABBA. It just keeps playing over and over again. Fire and rehire. <laughs> fire and rehire. It's even worse than Dancing Queen. What? Two what? of the songs I'm sick of hearing the most. Sorry, what tune is anyway. that? Sorry, I don't... Uh, oh, sorry, no, not a literal tune. You're, sorry, Dave, you're being too literal. When I said I've, I've heard oh, that tune before, I oh, just made sorry. it. Oh, sorry. Oh, God, you and That's your okay. tunes. So, sorry. Maybe, oh, maybe. I, I can't get the DJ out of me. Sorry, John. It's <laughs> a, a great early 90s trance track called Fire and Rehire. It's an early Aphex twin. He recorded it under a different name. Anyway, um, these changes included cuts from 60 to 42-hour weeks. Well, he shouldn't be working 60 hours, but anyway, that's a different thing. Uh, And representing a pay cut of £13,500 a year, right? So, again, security guards attacking people, demonstrating for their rights to have better jobs with, with better terms and conditions. Go figure that one out. The demo took place on the 4th of December last year, while, uh, and while it was happening, security approached claiming the IWGB were in breach of a policy that they had created. After inquiring about this anti-democratic process, the IWGB found it was created without the full consent, though I think those are the official words, without the full consent of the client, in this case, that's the university. The company had contacted the IWGB about this on the 1st of December in a letter, I believe, that set out the security contractors' expectations of appropriate behaviour from students, staff and trade unions during the strike and protest action on campus. Among the behaviours designated as inappropriate or as uh, reckless behaviour by the policy was any activity that causes interference with the effective business and operation of the university, also known as effective protest. Uh, I don't make much reference anymore to any of the works of, of uh, Graham Linehan because we all know he's a demented uh, tra- extremist transphobic scumbag and definitely someone who's been, uh, what's the word? I can't think of the word, but brainwashed. But uh, I always think of that episode of Father Ted when I see things like this, when they go to protest at the cinema and the manager explains to them, there he goes. Oh, you see, if you make a noise during the film, you you interrupt everyone else's enjoyment. He's, oh yes, you're right. Sorry about that. 
anyway, maybe maybe get a basic definition of what protest is about. Anyway, sorry, we're three minutes to eight, so let's get on with this. Also listed in the use of the paraphernalia that could pose a threat to health, safety, and well-being included sound systems. Well, certainly when I'm on the on the decks, uh, sirens, megaphones, flares, flagpoles. Uh, which is the very thing I was going to tell you security guards to go and shove up your ass, actually. And items deemed that can be weaponized. Items deemed that can be weaponized. That was in the actual site. That was in the actual uh, uh, letter that they sent out. Items deemed that can be weaponized. That's a good name for an album. Speaking of not being able to get the music out of your head. Um, so, uh, Bidvest, Bidvest Noonan, that sounds like a... Uh, alcoholic Dickens Irish character asked protesters to create to cease sorry using all of this stuff the protesters refused and the police were called uh, according to the article when IWGB reps replied that Bidvest Noonan could not enforce the policy as it had not been agreed by UCL or trade unions Dominic Woodley deputy operations manager of Bidvest Noonan at UCL replied that the policy had been agreed apparently those are his words A spokesperson for the IWGB Universities of London branch said, we find it incredibly concerning that Bidvest Noonan, a private subcontracting company, is implementing a draconian anti-protest policy on a university campus without the full consent of the university itself. Okay, their behaviour is a direct contradiction to the values of the free speech and expression that UCL espouses. UCU and Unite branches operating at UCL wrote a letter to the management concerned over the uh, rogue outsourcing employer uh, that can imperil the rights of UCL staff. Um, yeah, they did this work. Sorry, just a quick quote here because it's worth it. it is, this is from their letter. It's not the place of a subcontractor to create university policy. This responsibility lies with the university's governance structures, including consulting with the recognized campus trade unions. Completely agree. Anyway, the rogue company uh, did, in fact, climb down. Okay, so again, flagship culture war activity the removal of freedom of expression on a university campus and who runs a university campus who is in charge of our universities folks and yet again the free speech extremist the free speech absolutist i haven't heard a word about this article this i just i found this story by mistake i haven't heard anything about it here we have another private company getting out of their place and removing power from the public and trying to set standards of what is acceptable for not just students, but members of the public to protest. Because there would have been members of the public there, people like myself. If I'm off work that day, that's the kind of thing I go to. So um, finishing going out this evening on a question, who runs the country? I mean, what well, what's left of it? Who runs this dumpster fire? Um, so yeah, what do you make of all that, Dave? Uh, removal of free speech on university campus. This is scandalous, isn't it? Uh, well, of, of course, and it, this is what this country was built on. This country was built on, um, we want our independence. We want to have our blood, say. Blood tea. <laughs> to, so I was going to say, built on blood tea and the bones of endless slaves. But yes, I see what you're saying. Carry on. But, uh, listen, I've, I've spent the last six years. I mean, look, I've got to be honest with you, John. And you must, if you're listening to the podcast 10 years later, I will speak for most ethnic minority over the last six years on, on, on the fact of leaving the EU and the people that were doing it. A majority of ethnic minorities uh, were laughing at you and had no opinion because we just found it really fun. Because we saw people really passionate. Their blood was coming out of their ears. And we thought it was really funny because we thought, well... When I grew up in the 70s, blood was coming out of my ears. <laughs> um, we were 
getting beaten and things like that. And this was when we were as British as you could be British. Uh, so we found it very funny. Um, so I hope to see you outside Westminster um, to support those uh, to have free speech. Uh, nothing to do with the EU. Uh, they didn't step in and tell students you can't have free speech. Someone did. Perhaps it's those newspapers you read, you know. Perhaps it's that person telling a black guy that I think you exaggerate about stop and search. Maybe it's that bloke. Maybe it's that bloke. You know, maybe, you know, he he obviously knows what it's like to walk where I live because the geezer was from where I grew up, John. And he spoke, oh, he spoke to the guy, a, a wonderful rapper from St. Raffles Estate where I grew up, and said to him, I think you exaggerate on stop and search. Yes, I do think you exaggerate. How dare you say that happens? That doesn't happen. Uh, maybe it's the, that is a wonderful knowledge, fountain of knowledge, that bloke, that white geezer, John. Um, yeah. I'm telling a yeah. guy who actually lives there that he's lying. Um, and fair play to the rapper. I forgot his name, but he, he said, yeah, okay, bruv. All right, and he kept his cool. I would have got up, got him by his ear hole, and taken him down St. Raph's. That's what I would have done, and said, let's see. Let's see what happens to stop and search. These people, John, haven't got a Scooby. And as I said, um, I can talk to John. I don't really talk to people about what it's like to be me. I do speak about it to John, because he goes out, and he does these marches, and goes to things like where I grew up and things, and and supports people who get abused, and uh, you know, whatever gender or race. And um, these people that sit behind, uh, sit on their armchair and have a view of the world, John, it annoys me. I don't, you know. Anyway, what do you think, John? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I I agree on that. Uh, I, I really, I've got to. Firstly, by the way, if anyone can hear that that bleeping noise, uh, my I don't know if that's coming through to you or just to me. It's something to do with my mouse. I'm having nothing but computer problems at the moment. I hate computers. Like, it's the only reason I'm talking. The only way I'm talking to you, I just. I still hate them. Um, I just function, you bastard. So that's, that has obviously distracted me slightly from what we were talking about. There. But, yeah, I mean, uh, firstly, what is the... Okay, what is in it for you to kind of look at uh, other people's suffering uh, as look at ethnic minorities suffering and experiences of life and just kind of be dismissive of it? Uh, why? What, what's the? Do, do you they have think, a they think we're, they what's think we're exaggerating, and they think that we're. But, but the, I, yeah, I understand, mate. But why? Why? Do, what, what is? What is in there? So let's just say, if I decide to take the position, so I think you're exaggerating about uh, police harassment. Okay, what it, um, is that? I mean, am I saying that because I'm sucking up to the police, or or am I saying that because? I think it genuinely does detriment to kind of the, the productive forward motion of this country to claim that it's something that it is not. Or is it more likely you just like degrading ethnic minorities like you always have done and and basically say, oh, the stuff you're concerned about isn't really that big a deal? I, I just, I wonder. Or maybe it's something I've not seen. But it's, it's, I just, why would you want to get, especially in the world right now, why would you even want to get involved in a discussion like that? Why would you want to go at the position of going, oh, you lot are just, you know, you're just making it up, you're exaggerating. What's, well, what's the benefit? Well, I think that's, that's, that's what I'm interested in. Well, there's just those people that say, for example, that you choose to, 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 to not, you choose to be homeless, you choose to walk at night, oh, 10 yeah. o'clock at night, um, 
you haven't got work, uh, the, the, the assumption is you haven't got work, you haven't looked for work, and you're walking around a tent at night with four of your black mates. That's why you got stopped by the police, because you choose to not have work. You choose to live in a in a part of London, and there are lots of them, by the way, that's uh, under, uh, hasn't been invested in, hasn't been, or gentrified even. So you might have an ex-poverty part of London that has been gentrified, and then you get stopped for walking, like gentrification. Um, because we choose to not have a job, and we choose to sell drugs, and we choose to be homeless. And there's people out mm. there that actually believe that, John. You know, we choose yeah, to I be mean... walking around in Hackney, for example, because we choose, because our parents came from abroad and bought a house in Hackney, we chose that. John? Yeah, it's, it's the idea that you're somehow choosing endless victimhood, which is a bit rich coming from the English media. And I'm, I don't know, I, I will narrow it down because I have no idea what it's... I'm sure Scotland, Ireland and Wales have got their own versions of, of shitheel uh, tabloids and, and awful, you know, uh, crowing, braying lunatics like uh, the Julia Hartley Brewers of the world. But, I mean, just endlessly, yeah, yeah. Endlessly going on about you know if it if it looks like some other group might actually suffer slightly less in their everyday life ah oh, this is a direct threat to all of the freedoms that I hold dear uh, is uh, you're you're threatening my rights to you know I mean apparently if you yell free Palestine it's threatening to some groups of people too so I mean it's, uh, it's unbelievable you know <laughs> it's just the self victim the self victimhood industry in this country is made up solely by right-wing grifters who are getting coin for it and are also winning in the attention economy. Nothing else, okay? So uh, just do this truly disgusting idea of telling, you know, a black person that they're suffering at the hands of the police kind of hasn't happened or or they've exaggerated it. Fuck you. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. I really don't. I mean, it's just disgusting. Just to the right-wing readers who say, and I'm going to make your piss boil now. Um, as a black community and ethnic minority, uh, and, 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 and bearing in mind that we were, as DJs, we felt safe to go to LGBT, LGBT clubs hmm. and pick up yeah. what was happening with disco um, because we've, we were only allowed in those venues and they never looked at us any differently. And we were able to go and pick up what music they were playing and we were able to take beats off that and, 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 and do breakbeats off of what they were playing in LGBT clubs because bear in mind, and I'm sorry to disappoint people, we had clubs in London playing black music and people who made that music weren't allowed to dance to it. But let's make that clear. And you had white DJs playing it so we could only go to places like Heaven and hear what they were playing and then we'd take bits of what they were playing. But we were welcoming that. We were welcoming that community and some of those lgbt community were middle class and white but they never looked down on us never john i mean and that's that's a story i never tire of of hearing because it is a story of of true unity uh actually i I visited queer britain this week which is up sort of king's crossway and um it's it's a very interesting exhibition as you can probably imagine 
It's, it's a per, I think, believe it's a permanent museum. There's only two rooms, but they've crammed a lot into two rooms. And it's it, there's a lot of history there, but the kind of really specific kind of popular history of, of, of gay liberation or whatever else you want to call it is from sort of the 60s up till to today. The 60s to the 90s is where most of the stuff comes from they've got in there. Shout out to my pal Debbie Smith, who's, who's there's a picture of her in there, of course, because there is everywhere. And shout out to to uh, our good friend Dan Glass, who's quoted on something on the wall there too, because of course he is. But uh, it, it's that's exactly what it's it's about, I, and I think that that kind of built community, and I think that's one of the things that we're also dealing with here from the the, the self victimizing, you know, mainstream right. Is uh, I don't know, I really don't know if that's a good title for any of them, but it's, fuck it, it's the one I'm going with. Um, you know, I hear a lot of talk in this country about community, this, that, and the other, and I just go, yeah, I know. But listen, I saw a lot of you selling community out when I was growing up in the eighties by voting for Thatcher because you thought you mean you could buy a new car every one one or two years, and and then what you did with that is you sacrificed working class solidarity and community, and now you're pining for it. And I notice that you're really, really jealous. You're really jealous of the LGBT crowd. You're really jealous of the Muslim crowd, the Jewish crowd. You're very jealous of the ethnic minorities and all these other groups because they never surrendered their communities. I mean, call it as you find. People people want you know to say the truth, to say controversial things. I have no idea if what I'm saying is controversial. I don't care. I just believe it to be true, and that's why I'm saying it. You surrendered your notions of of community. You you. You surrendered the infrastructure. You gave it over to gentrification and selfishness. Uh, you surrendered solidarity for self-interest. Now, we can change that. We can always change those things. We can always bring it back. I, not bring it back. I Take it forward is a term I prefer. I'm not really interested in going backwards or anything. I'm interested in going forward. And the young people realize this because they're not taking any shit. They're forming unions right, left, and center. They're standing up against their bosses. They're, uh, they're not putting up with, uh, the, if they're trans themselves or their trans friends and comrades being attacked by a very loud, hate-filled minority. Because again, coming to some things we've mentioned tonight, okay, this an- transphobia, this anti-trans kind of stuff is not, not a majority opinion in this country. Okay, majority of people in this country don't give a shit what bathroom you use, okay? They really don't. So it's, it's a minority fringe movement, radicalized is the word I was trying to think of earlier on when I was talking about Linehan. So it's it's always a wonderful thing to see and a wonderful thing to experience. And it doesn't exist in a realm where uh, to give is to take. So if Dave's experiences as an ethnic minority are positive, it doesn't mean that my experiences as, as a boring middle-aged white man somehow have to take a knock. I don't lose anything from that. And even if you did lose something, you've got to ask yourself, what is that thing you had and why was it based on the detriment of others in order for me to actually get a benefit from something? Why would you want to do that? I mean, I can give you a number of reasons why I want to live in a world where everything I do is to the detriment of landlords, uh, ultra-capitalists, well, capitalists in general, conservatives. I'll give you reasons for those. You might not agree with me, but that's fine. We can We can have that discussion. But that's why... You know, I feel I can tell you why I feel the way that I do about those things. But you've got to ask yourself, what is this freedom you supposedly have? Because uh, the other thing is, I don't notice you doing anything different. Okay, I still see. I turn my television on. It's not very far. I have to flick channels. I'm only just broadly into the double figures before I find the channels which endlessly replay the sitcoms of yester century and and all of the other kind of program, you know, Heartbeat or whatever, which is always showing me. 
actually, I don't even know if you've got double figures to find that shit to show me kind of like a, a beautiful version of the sixties where, where the police were lovely and there was only ever white people around. And um, we all drove around the country with, with weird blokes who smell bad, who had a name, like what, what was it? What's his name? Allsop or fig tree or something. Anyway, um, you know, you can find no one's taking it away from you. It's right there. And by the way, also nobody can take it away from you. No one will ever take it away from you. Nothing, not anything short of ECT can't take it away from you because the whole thing exists in your head anyway. Okay, it's all a complete fantasy. And you know what? It's fine. If it brings you some kind of relief and joy to kind of imagine your, you know, the the days of old in, in a nice, pleasant way, I, as long as you understand what it is, I suppose it doesn't hurt. It really doesn't. But, you know, it, that's that's what it is. <laughs> and you can't really expect a society, uh, any any kind of enter a nation state even let's let's just use big language to be built upon the ideas in your head that make you feel fuzzy and warm uh anyway you could probably remix everything i said there and put it on a record it wouldn't sound too bad you see we all come full circle on this show dave we're, we're still talking about music when i say i hear a tune in my head when i'm this is this is what i'm talking about it's still there yeah fire and fire and rehire the worst song i ever heard that's, um, that's weird. I think I, just... I think I think I've tapped these poor people out. You better play them some music, <laughs> John. Many thanks. It's been great and invigorating. And uh, on that bombshell, John, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Fuck Windows Eleven. You're <laughs> you're rubbish. Sorry, I'll just go out on that one. See you later, mate. <laughs> All the rage with John Bowd. www.tracksfm.org